Ladies and gentlemen, look at that. You can't see it. I'm on radio. Ooh, what is up, everybody? It's your main man, Adam Pecora here, and welcome to another 100% grass-fed edition of Requiem for a Tuesday. As you heard, just cracked a fresh yerb. Uh, shirtless, you know, it's a vibe, just so, just figured I'd share that with everybody, make you a little uncomfortable, or, you know, maybe you're into it, in which case, holler at me. Uh, got a lot to get into today, ah, that's a lie, but I got, I got some things to say, uh, which is ideal for you as a listener, you probably were hoping that, uh, You'd hear some things, so you will. I can promise you that. Uh, first things first, let's do our thing. The pluggy plugs, I know you love them. Rate, review, subscribe. One, two, or all three, preferably, of those. Uh, subs have definitely been going up, like I said. Love to see that. Uh, would like Would like it to continue. So, you know, do your thing. Spread the wealth. Help you boy out. We got the merch, rfat.bigcartel.com. Uh, you know, get a tote, get the, get a pen and some sticker. You know, whatever you want to do, you know. Can contribute as little as much as you would like, essentially. Anywho. Multiplex, Wolf X. Lots of music. New album coming soon. Been teasing it for a while. Uh, we got plenty in the meantime, though, you like instrumentals, check out Wolf X. You like a little chaos, little experimentation, check out Multiplex. Uh, good, 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 good stuff, you know. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Um, rfatpodcast at gmail.com. Reach out if you got any suggestions. If you want to... Do a collab. You want me to hop on one of your tracks? You know, I can spit some bars for you. Let me know. I got the home stew ready to, ready to go. Um, Speaking of which, I'm staring at this MPC-1. It's just been kind of sitting. Haven't been able to muster up the energy to take the deep dive. Because I'm going to need it. I know it's going to need a lot of time and attention. And I've been dragging on it. And it's like, what did I buy this thing for? But it's like, it's all right. We'll get there. But so some exciting solo music things are going to be happening at some point. Once I dive deep into that, you know, because I got... I haven't made anything, any new music since I've had a whole new stew. And uh, everything is a lot more high quality than it ever was before. So... Definitely going to have to do that at some point. I'm just thinking out loud, honestly. Uh, so, yeah, that that's just uh, some intel f- for you. And now you have it. I wanted to open today's show. So we've been kind of weaving in and out, doing a sports movie thing, but also just been doing, like, simultaneously because i mean i guess you can count space jam a new legacy as a sports movie Uh, i call it a walking disaster 
potato, potato, etc., etc. So, kind of kept that up here with. I watched Slap Shots. I'm going to get into that in a bit. Uh, but I'm also kind of continuing my point of doing Paul Newman and Tom Cruise, weirdly. Because I, then I did a Days of Thunder thing. Now I'm doing Slapshot. I'm probably going to do Cocktail next episode. I was going to watch it for today. You know, some things came up, let's just say. Uh, I napped <laughs> for way too long. I was unable to get a screening in, but that's okay, you know. Another time, another place. It's fine. Because also, I know it's going to be a tough watch. I know I'm going to have a lot of notes. And honestly, it'll take up a lot of episode time, I'm sure. If I can get through it, though, we'll see. While, while I'm mentioning that, I just want to say I feel bad that I left out Magnolia when mentioning Tom Cruise's. Better acting performances when he's actually doing something, being a real character. Big oversight, but still, not that it really matters. Just got to shout out PTA when I can, you know. What up, homie? Do your thing. Can't wait for the new flick. But, uh, I don't know exactly what led me down this path. I don't really know how I got here, but... I'm not upset about it, necessarily. Who knows? Maybe some more sports movies will line up. I don't know. Maybe we're just going to keep doing Newman and Cruz. <laughs> Seems like a fun back and forth. But then, you know, we got to switch it up at some point. So, I don't know. We'll see. I'm having a great time. But, I'm, I'm you know, I'm aware we got to diversify our portfolio here. On the RFET channel. Whatever. <laughs> oh, I got to sip more of this yerb. Really get me get me kick-started. I've been a little groggy today, not going to lie. You know, may have had a little bit a little bit too much to drink. On a, on a prior night. Cannot confirm or deny. There's rumors. I dispel them. <laughs> But what I really wanted to get into to begin the show, now that we're already fucking seven minutes in, still haven't really kickstarted. It's all right. I'm sipping. Don't you worry. You're going you're gonna to wish that things were the way that they are right now. Once this caffeine really starts to kick in, you're going to be like, Jesus Christ, why did he have to do this? I thought the beginning was, was a lot. Yeah, you're going to have to deal with this guy. <laughs> So the Milwaukee Bucks are neighbors to the north. Won the NBA title. And I got to say, it was thrilling. Again, I, I like to clarify every single time that I'm not a big basketball guy. Just, I, I don't understand the sport, the inner workings of it. I watch and th guys do amazing things, but I don't really understand the play. And then even when guys break it down, I'm like, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know if I understand what happened there. A lot of the terminology still goes over my head sometimes. Anywho, I was rooting for him. I I thought I was rooting for Chris Paul. Again, I'm just going to clarify. I'm going to go backtrack on all this, a little context. Chris Paul is my favorite guy on the Hornets way back. After the Clippers thing, not a fan. Uh, Thought I was rooting for him now because it's a great story. You know, he goes to Oklahoma, turns that, you know, they're expected to be a dumpster fire. Takes him to the playoffs, beautiful thing. It's like, oh, okay. Look at this guy. He's come full circle. Now he's the now he's the old vet. You know, on his last lap, trying to get one. You know, Elway style esque. And you're like, oh, what a great story, you know. And then you start watching their fucking games, and it's like, Jesus Christ, this guy is horrific. Nothing. He's gotten more egregious just with all the flopping and the complaining. I I can't. I can't. I can't. I wish I had a more impactful thing to say, but it is just so difficult to deal with. And the fact that it just keeps working, it's like, it's maddening that the NBA doesn't do anything to change these rules that would, you know, you could easily make it so players get punished for trying to create fouls and, like, Delay the game also with all these replay things and blah, 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 and everything's a flagrant and whatever. I guess that's good to protect the players, you know. It's easy to sit on the sideline and be like, nah, punch, let them get punched in the mouth. Like, what are we talking about? But overall, like, the fact that you can just, like, kick your leg out and get called or get a foul called against you, you know what I'm trying to say. I don't know why that was so difficult to phrase. Been speaking English my entire life, ladies and gentlemen. So it's a work in progress, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know why that that continues to be a thing. It seems like everybody hates it. It seems like everybody hates replay in general in the NBA. I, th- I do think it needs to go away. Like buzzer beaters, that's it. Or like, can we do like a last two minutes? The booth will handle all reviews type thing. I don't know. I don't know the solution because I get it. When there's close possessions toward the end of the game, like you don't want to let a ticky-tack call that you could find out the answer to like affect it. But at the same time, it's like you got to let these guys fucking play ball. It's like I want to, you know what I mean? We're trying to watch a basketball game here. They're trying to play a basketball game here. Let's just move on. Um... So I I do get that. There does need to be some balance for, like, late possession stuff. But the end of games are typically pretty rough. This wasn't really the case, honestly, in the whole series. Uh, So when they go up 2-0, I'm a little nervous because, I mean, they look great. They're shooting the fucking lights out. Giannis goes for, what, 40-something in the second game. Doesn't look like he's hurt anymore. It's still not enough. Uh, They win both games at home. A lot of the games are very entertaining, again. Uh, they had that huge comeback win. I don't remember which game that was. Multiple of them. Everything is just so back and forth. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they get, and then they go out to Phoenix, right? So game five. This is where my bullshit story collides with what's going on and why I wanted to share this. I just wanted to share just how fucking embarrassing 
my losing streak has been going in betting. I'm not going to go out here and say that it's unprecedented because I'm sure that there's guys who just can't get it right and, you know, you go 0 for 8,000. I'm not like a, I'm not throwing cash at like everything every day. Don't worry. Call 1 800 Gambler if you got a problem. Indiana, Milwaukee, whatever. <laughs> whatever the dumb thing is that they all say, like somebody's going to fucking hear that and be like, oh, fi- finally, if, all I knew, if only I knew that there was an 800 number, I could have finally you know, saved my family. It's like, fuck off. Anyway, goddamn Americans and their obsession with lawsuits that we have to fucking cover our tracks and every fucking thing that we say. It's like, we get it, all right? Some motherfuckers are definitely going to not listen to you. Anyway, yeah, anyway. But, I, you know, I try, I try to keep things interesting. I'm not out here going like, I'm not like scouting baseball games, like trying to get a leg up, you know, on a fucking Tuesday in the middle of July. But, you know, there's a UFC fight. Definitely football season's going to be a big one. That's a whole nother game. But other than that, pretty conservative with when I bet, but then I just make such terrible decisions. So anyway, the losing streak has been bad. Most of that's UFC, which I'm just like, Picking a guy because I say so, for the most part. Um, you know, I, I don't know what, there's no other way to say it as much as I would like to say I have a strategy. There isn't one. So you can see why I've been losing. <laughs> so, anyway, just before game five, it's two to two, it's in Phoenix. Phoenix is still the favorite for the series and everything. They are. You know, ultimately, of both teams, who who looked better to that point, even though the series was even, like, Milwaukee hadn't done anything that was like, oh, wow, they're definitely about to take hold. Um, Phoenix looked better in its home wins than Milwaukee looked in its home wins. Is the gist, and Phoenix had two more home games, ideally. So, made sense, I guess. But I just didn't think, I don't know, I just didn't think they were ready. Very rarely does a team on its first run even make the finals or the Super Bowl or whatever it is in whatever sport. It's rare that a team just gets hot and does it without even making the playoffs in like a like recent time. So that's a partial factor. Chris Paul always chokes. I was also just rooting against them in general. Um, but Giannis kept getting better and better. Drew Holiday, while having some of the worst offensive games you could see, like really just unbelievable how bad some of his shots were missing, like clear cut layups, really just devastating to watch (laughs) at times, but his defense was always like mesmerizing. And that's saying something because, one, it's hard to even keep track of who's guarding who sometimes if a guy isn't like, you know, Giannis, who's easy to spot at all times. If you're on a wide angle or whatever, it's like, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. When I don't know basketball, it's like hard for me to even keep track of what's going on. Some, You know what I mean? So I understood why they're like, 
while the why there was a ton of criticism, Jesus Christ, there was another aneurysm, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh my God. I think maybe my tongue got stung by a bee and I didn't even notice. Uh, anyway, so Drew Holiday. I feel like because the narrative in basketball is always just so much about offense that there was like no regard for how well he played on defense in his bad game. So I just want to say Drew Holiday got a bad rep most of the series. And overall, like his defensive play, 100% is the reason they won. Like, not only him, obviously, but without him playing that level of defense, like, there's, they would have gotten blown out. So, just put a little respect on it. I don't know why he's taking so many shots. So, I'm not, like, defending his play, necessarily, <laughs> on the offensive end. It's like, wasn't really excusable. It's like, why are you throwing up 20 shots like you're awful right now? Like, haven't you gotten it? You know, coach, say something, maybe? I don't know. And now they still won, so I guess there's no knock in the end. Long-winded way of getting around it, so. (laughs) I had them. Game five, uh, right before the game, I was like, okay, sick. I'm going to take the Bucks for the series, and I'm going to take Giannis for MVP. They're both underdog right now. Now, not by much. It was like plus one-something. You know, it was like sub-200, I believe, for both. And you're not allowed to parlay both because they're basically a guarantee. Like, if, you know what I mean? If they win the title, Giannis is winning MVP. You can't parlay those, boost the odds, because those odds won't be boosted. <laughs> they're They're the same thing, right? So I was like, uh, it's not, I, you know, I'm trying to put $50 down again. So we're not talking like big bucks here, ladies and gentlemen, unless you go buy some merch, we're not going to be <laughs> okay. Till we get the subs up, we're not throwing big dollars down, but you know, my thing is I typically want a big return if I can. I like the riskier bets. I like to live on the edge. Another big reason why I'm a big loser. <laughs> so take that with another grain of salt, I suppose. And anyway, I just decide, ah, fuck it. I'm going to pass. The series is even. You know, hindsight is always 2020, especially in gambling. I understand that. But I'm like, I'm going to pass. Let's throw some money on the Bears to win the division. Let's put this on that instead. Bigger return, even though it's fucking way in the long run. Now, I'm going to interject the story and say... Like the breaking news that they took all the NFC North stuff off the sports book because Aaron Rodgers is reportedly going to retire and going to commit to that and not going to play for the Packers, which was the long haul hope in the Bears winning the division. Uh, it does actually work out pretty well that I made that bet, but realistically, I should have made both. So the story would have been more stupid had that not happened and made me look a lot better. <laughs> it worked out that way, uh, but I definitely also passed up on. Very easy wins. Because the second they win game five, obviously they become the favorite. I really didn't see any way they were going to lose at home. Uh, they have a pretty great home court advantage. I haven't been to that new stadium, but I've been around it. It's kind of near like the Pabst stuff, which I did a couple summers ago. Love it there. Milwaukee's actually a pretty cool place. I hated it as a kid all the time. But that's because everything there revolves around beer. So it seems like everything is boring and dull. The art museum is really cool. I still haven't gone. But 
The architecture is nice. Can't 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 speak for what's inside, but nice building. Um, yeah, I'm kind of like a I'm, I'm a I'm a sneaky Milwaukee fan. Uh, and it, you know it's just easier to root for than like when fucking Bron Bron was doing it with the Cavs. Now I will say, his redemption win with the Cavs was cool. You know the fact that he did it for the city after abandoning them. I you know I'm not gonna throw 100 percent shade. Like I said. Didn't want, don't want to come off as like a pure hater. I just dislike strongly. But <laughs> anywho, for a division winner to win and for it to be Giannis and like that whole story and the homegrown thing and like he was homeless and tiny and was, you know, it's such an incredible story across the board. And he was just a fucking monster. I mean, to put up Fiddy to just completely fucking clutch everyone and turn around your free throw game, have the best free throw game like of your career when your team needs it the most, like to just step the fuck up. Like that's fucking, le- it was legendary and it was unbelievable to watch. He was all over the floor blocking shots with the fucking tenacity, like dominating the entire game. And it's like that one game, you show that to anybody and you can be like, yeah, he went MVP two years in a row, defensive player of the year. And you're like, yeah, of course this guy's unbelievable. And it's like that showed it. Because then you watch him, like, hyperventilate and get taken out of the game, and then he, you know, he's injured and he doesn't play well, and they lose, and it's like, oh, what's all the hype about? And it's also like, how is this Bucks team winning 60 games a year? How how have they been dominating? You know, you question it when they look off. But then, like, Chris Middleton hitting, like, crazy contested shots, super clutch. You know, he wasn't playing great in game six, but then, like, hitting that thing at the corner. I think it was over Booker. I don't really remember just an amazing game one of the best basketball games i've seen in years that i can remember you know last finals had some good games but to just watch that the back and forth they go up big then they're losing at halftime it never really felt like they were going to lose to me but i did get nervous because the sun showed like they can get hot and whatever and anyway in the end i'm glad chris paul lost i fucked up but if Rodgers leaves and the Bears do win the division, you know, I'll feel a lot better and I'll remember this and be like, okay, well, at least you put the money towards a better thing and I'd win more in the end. But again, you know, just pretty big oversight to just be like, no, I'm going to do this future instead. I don't know. Sports Corner is going to turn into a big gambling thing. As much as I said that it was, it's not going to be like advice. I'm just going to tell you guys about how much I hit or lost and be miserable or happy. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> but it's going to happen. I'm just going to let you know. I can't wait to talk football again, though, is really my point, regardless of the gambling aspect of it. Because <laughs> I definitely am a fucking moron, and I think that that's why it would be funny. Uh, just so you can, anybody who knows actually things about gambling and strategy and what you should and shouldn't do, and then you hear what I'm doing, I think it'll be good. And if it's not, we'll scrap it. You know what I mean? I'm flexible, baby. I'm like a fucking... I was going to say eel, but then I wanted to say chameleon, but chameleons like don't breed flexibility, but it is like a good synonym for what I'm trying to say. If you know what I'm trying to say, you feel me? (laughs) But congrats to the Bucks. I think, look, like I've said, as a guy who's not that into basketball, because I'm not that into it for all the, like the super team stuff and just the soft soccer-y nature of the way everything goes, the way that it is more like dramatic, 
not in this game, but like off the court. There's so much drama. Everybody's a diva. Uh, it's just off-putting to me. And yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say that I have like an old school mentality. Because there's definitely guys saying some crazy shit all the time. But I mean, I don't know. There just needs to be like a point of having contracts. Because isn't that what a contract is? I just think that that's kind of crazy. Because, I mean, look, even Aaron Rodgers is doing a crazy move like an NBA player would, and he's going to have to fucking retire and sit out a year. Maybe. We'll see. Who knows what the fuck's about to happen? I hope it's fucking crazy. But, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, either way, it's not going to be, like, easy. And I just hate how everybody just gets what they want. James Harden just eats cheeseburgers and throws the ball out of bounds. And it's like, you shouldn't be allowed to openly tank. I don't know. Like, it's different when a whole team does it because they're doing it strategically by putting out a shitty product. But the guys are, I guess, still playing hard. I don't know. I don't really know how that works either. But tanking is really bad in the NBA too. But, like, one player to just openly be like, fuck this, and you're, like, the best player on the team, and you just get to, like, play shitty on purpose when everybody knows you're great... I, th- there should be repercussions for something at some point. But then, like, the NBA will block a trade. That Chris, that was a Chris Paul thing, too. But I guess that, that you could argue made sense at the time. Or they'll fucking suspend the Phoenix Suns, even though it, their dude got checked into the boards like a fucking hockey player. I don't know. It's just Historically, they're always questionable. It seems like the NBA is fixed, and they have the gambling thing, and there's the lottery rumors, and it's like... The ref gambling thing is what I'm talking about. But you know what I mean? It's just There's a lot of fishy things always going on. I don't like it. <laughs> I like football where nothing shady ever happens. <laughs> Everybody is just a clear-cut good guy. All-American. Uh, protecting the community and just, you know, playing America's sport. Doing right by us. That's what I like. The good old boys. Uh, so anyway, congrats to Giannis. This guy. They, they, I love that they're pulling up all these old tweets of him where he's like, just tried Kool-Aid. America's amazing. And it's like, oh my God, this guy's adorable. <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing that Americans like more than people talking us up, I feel like. I love hearing stories of like that. Like, how do you not? How did you not have Kool Aid in Greece? That doesn't even seem like that's a real thing. You know what I'm saying? He's like, corn dogs are fucking sick. God bless America. It's like, yeah, I guess, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry for whatever you went through. It sounds awful. <laughs> uh yeah, just rooting for that guy. But you know, also not rooting for that guy because you know, when are the Bulls ever gonna have a chance? I don't know. Because I feel like he's just going to take a leap forward now. And he know, like he proved to himself, most importantly, but to and to everyone, that, yeah, he can just dominate and take over a game. He knows. He just doesn't have to. <laughs> he doesn't have to take shots. He can just fucking full head of steam. Like we always talked about with LeBron. Now, LeBron could hit shots. So it, made, it makes sense for him to take shots sometimes. He would, you know. 
everybody would just want to criticize him when he took them and missed. But much better shooter. So it's not really the same type of argument. He's also a smaller guy somehow. <laughs> it's hard to believe that he'd be smaller than anybody. But, I mean, Giannis is just unbelievable. There's nothing else I can say. Long-winded sports corner to open up. We're going to continue that into some sports movie talk, ladies and germs. 1977. Going way back. Your boy Paul Newman, yet again. On a big Paul Newman kick, and I think it's going to continue, actually. I just had the thought into my head itself. I'm probably going to have to do two Tom Cruise movies next week and then two more Paul Newman movies the week after. Maybe I'll gap them in between because it's a lot. I don't know why July. I guess great American actors, right, of of two generations. (laughs) The leading men, the movie stars. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Well, Tom Cruise is still going. Fucking 45 years. (laughs) This guy's unbelievable. He's still spr- he's sprinting somewhere right now. Um, but we're talking Slapshot, George Roy Hill, and Paul Newman. So they famously have worked together on Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and The Sting, two like certified all-time movies. Confession, haven't seen either. So those are the ones that I'm referencing when I say, you know, maybe that's what's coming up. Might be time. We'll see. I, I do love a good heist or whatever it is. You know, give me some crime, some stealing. I'm in. So we'll see how that goes. But that to me was just a great sign that like the guy who made those movies made this movie. Now I'd seen this movie as a kid, bits and pieces, never really all the way through that I could remember. And it's way better than I remember. And it is you know, there was always fragments that I didn't understand, like the plot and the storyline. I didn't know when the ending, what the ending was and all this. So to get like a real firm all the way through watch, uh, I fucking love this movie. First things first. But I knew going in like, okay, this guy makes like real certified classics. So this is going to be a well-made movie regardless. Uh, The Rotten Tomatoes isn't great. You know, reviews weren't good at the time, but I knew, you know, big fan base. And I could see why. I I don't understand how anybody saw this and didn't like it. Um, I think it is a similar thing with, like I was listening on the Rewatchables podcast. They did Fight Club and they made a big point to talk about how even still to this day, but especially at the time, like the satire went over everybody's head and they just took it literally, uh, which is obviously like a huge problem that's going on right now, which also just never stops. I don't see why that would have been a thing in the 70s, but it just kind of seems like that was the case. They're just like this, like, I don't know. The whole joke of the movie is what it is, but seemed to go over everybody's head. Uh, for those of you who don't know, It's a movie about a small town minor league hockey team, coal mining town, or just, I don't know, there's a mill, you know, the classic American tale, the old mill gets closed down, everybody in the town's going out of business, or out of business, out of work, team's going to have to fold, nobody's going to go to the games, yada, 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 
pretty simple premise, which is nice. It honestly doesn't even need to be a part of it, frankly, um, which I'll get to. But either way, you know, it's a plot device just to have a reason for this movie to be happening. Uh, Paul Newman plays the player coach, which just makes it convenient. They don't have to have a coach, so there doesn't have to be another character character dynamic thing that happens there. It's nice. It's easy. Which I think was also a common thing probably in like fucking 70s minor league hockey teams. Why would they spend money on that? Uh, also, it's I will just say on a side note, like it adds a lot cinematically that helmets weren't a thing really in hockey at the time still. So everybody, you know, you can recognize every character and everybody has a full face. Just like the first thing I noticed right away, it's like, oh, this works a lot better. You know, not that like in Goon or whatever, you know how many hockey movies are there anyway, but not that like in Goon, it like takes much away. Uh, this is just a nice thing else because like Paul Newman just gets to be fucking handsome Jack <laughs> unvarnished. Uh, and yeah, you know, it's a ragtag group of guys. They all suck. They're just trying to sell, sell, sell. Uh, especially knowing that the team's going to go under anyway. Then the Hanson boys come to the team. They're, uh, what, they're like triplets? No, they're all a different age, technically. But they all look the same. Two of them are actually brothers in real life. Uh, and they all just beat the shit out of each other. And the team decides, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to fucking kick the shit out of everybody. We're just going to fight, fight, fight. The crowds go nuts. We thrive off them. We win games. We're tougher. Blah, blah, blah. Because now we got these goons. Nobody can outgoon us. That's essentially the plot. But it's like a slapstick comedy in between. It's also a little... You know, they do like... Real character things in it as well. So it does have a purpose. And the movie does feel like a comedy of its time. Like it reminds me in style of like Animal House and Stripes. Where... It's it's a big plot that's very specific. Like it's a, you know, it's a giant concept movie, and the narrative continues on. But they'll just sprinkle in little side skits and like random absurd cuts, where there'll just be like a little cut scene and like for example there's the guy playing the national anthem and they just want to get the game started so then like they cut to the conductor and he's just doing it really fast and they play it in like 10 seconds or just for like a quick gag the guy throws the general manager down the stairs for example right and it's just like oh funny little sight gag but we don't have to like follow the narrative of this this guy's not going to have like repercussions which is nice like it's a loose fun thing um that kind of just went away in the 80s. Right? Like the mid-80s-ish. Um, I know Stripes had a lot of examples of that. But like I think of Animal House. Like you cut to the marching band just walking into the wall forever. You know, like little things like that where it's just like, oh, that's crazy. Like we just throw a little bit in there. So it has a lot of moments like that. But it's not like semi-pro where it's just a fucking comedy you know what I mean? And the sports are totally disregarded. And it's just like stupid. 
uh, very disappointed in Semi Pro. They could learn. They could learn a lot. You know, watch some of this movie, but <laughs> whatever. Semi Pro is such a good concept. I'm so mad at Semi Pro for not being what I wanted. God damn it! How dare you not make what I want, Will Ferrell? Uh, but this movie is also just awesome because so the writer uh, was this lady. She won an Oscar for another movie she wrote. I don't really know what happened. I don't know why she's not more well-known. I'm not going to get into that. Uh, I guess her brother was a hockey player. I think he was in the movie. So all of the stories and all of the like things that happen in the games, all these crazy fights, they're like all based on real things, which makes it even better. Because some of it seems like so wild. They just have like giant brawls, full team. Uh, there's moments where to start a game, they drop the puck and they just all beat the shit out of each other. All based on real shit. Like anecdotes from former players. And they got a ton of real hockey players. Real minor league hockey players. To be these guys. And it makes sense that everybody looks great on the ice. There's no like... I don't know. There's none of that sloppy sports movie stuff. Where actors are fucking uncoordinated and lame. And they don't put in the work. You don't have to worry about that. Turns out Paul Newman used to play Michael Ontkeen. Who I didn't even get to. You know, Sheriff Harry S. Truman, one of the greatest law enforcement agents ever, <laughs> was phenomenal. He also like played in college. Um, and guys, have, guys have like real—they're real characters. They have real personality traits. Paul Newman's character, his wife left him. He can't get over it. You know, they're like flawed, quirky, weird people, like you would find. On a minor league hockey team. It's like weirdly very real and realistic. And also very loose and doesn't give a fuck at the same time. It's really impressive how it's kind of able to be two movies. Like it's able to be a portrait of a minor league hockey team. But it manages to stay lighthearted and fun the whole time. I don't know. I don't really remember Major League. But I feel like Major League also kind of just gets into that shit. Where it's just like so absurd. And this, like I said, it never really does that. And knowing that it's based, like like I said, based on real stuff, it makes it more believable. So I don't know. Good context, I guess. Because <laughs> some of it, it's, it's weird because it's hard to film sports pretty much no matter what because it's never going to look the way it looks on TV because those are always just wide shots. And they do kind of a good job in certain aspects of the on ice stuff but a lot of the action it just looks so slow i feel like they had to probably play at like half speed or less just to be able to film some of the stuff and it looks like they're moving really slow and so like whenever they try to show goals happen it's really clunky it looks like somebody said action and they just did a thing um like it i don't know it never really looks like anyone is ever setting up their offense or, like, actually, like, running plays or anything. So that's just a little nitpick. I don't know. I'm sure it was very hard to capture. Because then there's a lot of really great shots when it's just, like, straight pursuit on ice. They'll do, like, a steady cam type thing, which I know wasn't really a thing at the time. but And they just kind of, like, go back. So there's moments where it looks great. You know, sometimes it looks spotty. But for, especially for 77 and, like, what I would assume would be a difficult sport to capture. They did overall a good job and then like no matter what when it boils down to it it's like 
they have their own scapegoat by saying that this is like the worst minor league hockey team. So like, yeah, why wouldn't they look shitty? <laughs> so like, no matter what, it kind of answers its own dilemma, which I have a ton of respect for. Michael Onkin's character, uh, also he just like hates his wife. <laughs> Because uh, she's like a drunk and hates him, basically, because she hates the small town hockey lifestyle. Uh, and so, yeah, it does a good job of like exploring how that would affect your personal life. You know what I mean? You're trying to chase this dream, but you're just getting your ass kicked, especially these guys in this scenario. Like. And, like, for what? For not a ton of money, for people to not go to the game, and for you to never go anywhere with it. And it's like, what is this for? And you're always on the road, and blah, blah, blah. You know, it affects things. And, again, they never get, like, too dramatic with it, which I like, because it's like, you got to know what movie you're in. And they always know what movie they're in, which I like. But, like, the, they don't shy away from it and never, like... You know what I mean? Like, they throw jokes in there, but it always is a real thing. And, like, this movie very easily could have been a drama, I guess is what I'm getting at. Because all the same things that happen in the movie could happen, and they just, like, switch the tone, and boom. But I think that that would have been a mistake. At least for this cast. They just had a, you know, real fun group of guys. <laughs> And also, like, I don't know, a, grit, a gritty hockey drama sounds interesting, I guess. But I think, like, with the level of fighting they had, it, you know. It would just be, then it would be impossible to take seriously. That's the problem. You would need to take it seriously. Whereas this movie intentionally doesn't want you to. And then... You know, the radio guy, he's a silly, goofy guy. <laughs> Wouldn't you have to be to be constantly broadcasting for a team in a small town? I guess, okay, so for backstory, here's another reason that maybe this entire subject interests me. Right out of college, I got an internship. And it was barely an internship, and I'll explain why in a second, but to do graphic design for a minor league baseball team. Uh, right by my hometown, and it was great. It was to do graphic design. I don't know if I just said that or not, but normally the way that position worked is like you intern for the team's graphic designer, and you like learn and blah blah blah, and you know, great experience, cool. Well, for whatever reason, they had like dropped a sponsor, and so they had to hire a personal trainer. I guess before they were sponsored by a physical therapy group or whatever. And got one provided for the team. Seems ideal. Basically, these are like a small businesses, so they can't afford a lot of stuff. And I just kind of got to witness that all firsthand. And anyway, so as the intern, I was the team's graphic designer, period, full-time. Just got thrown right into it, which is honestly the ideal way in that, I don't know, I learned a lot just by getting thrown in. So it was honestly kind of cool. Suck to get skimped on pay, <laughs> but, you know, not a lot of options at the time. So anyway, spending a whole year, it's minor league baseball, it's obviously different than hockey, it's a different type of player, certainly, 
But you learn a lot about just like the lifestyle, the type of people that are there. Everybody's a character, the guys on the team. So for double clarification, this was independent minor league baseball. Uh, for those of you who don't know, traditional minor league baseball, which is affiliated with major league baseball, you know, your Yankees, your Red Sox, your Cubs, your White Sox, etc. And there's three levels, A, double A, triple A. Triple A being the best. You work your way up the ranks, you make it to the majors. Now, independent minor league baseball is below single A in talent level, which means you're not even good enough to be in the worst level of minor league baseball. And that's pretty much it. You're just like really, you're hoping you can get signed to a single A team would be like cool. And you're pay- they got paid like what we got paid. They had to live in like sponsored homes and like guest homes like they were fucking foster kids and a retirement community a couple guys had to live in the suites when there like weren't places for them to stay (laughs) and they're not that good still you know what i mean like playing against each other nobody really dominates or anything uh, I got to see I got to meet Ozzy Guillen. He was very angry when I approached him because he was there to watch his son who plays in the league and he was on the road team, but had to do it. Shout out Ozzy. You know, we won the World Series. Big deal. Uh, but yeah, so there's just a whole lot of characters on the team working for the team. And they nail that too in Slapshot. Just it felt very relatable. Now they could have got into more stuff with like people at the stadium and things like that, and like office things. Not that they needed to. I'm just saying like <laughs> there's a whole bunch of those guys too. And they made the GM like a crazy guy for nice touch. And but so okay, overall, I got sidetracked there. <laughs> the flick is great. They get into fights. They start winning. Um, nitpicks, they get to the championship game. That's the thing. It's not a series. And all of a sudden they're just in the championship game and it's one game. Uh, I don't really care what level of league you're in. Hockey is played in series. I don't think that that's ever not a thing. Maybe at the Olympics, right? Cause that's just how the Olympics works. But I don't know any league that plays games. I could be wrong. And especially in the seventies, either way, it's a movie. So, you know, whatever, but that bothered me. Um, and they do a cool thing where the uh, opposing team announces like a roster change and they just hire like every goon ever and they're all like modeled after real people. The context of that is really important. I wish there was a way that they could have like gotten that in there. I don't know. Some of them are callbacks to earlier guys, references. Overall, the movie's really well written. Um, Like I said, other than like side gags, which are just gags, this movie almost plays straight through and is coherent, which is good. Again, the plot is almost nothing. They're like, let's try to win. I didn't mention it, but the, the, the coach, Paul Newman, he pretends that the team is like potentially being sold so the guys don't think that the team is folding just to like make them feel better and makes them think they have something to play for uh but it's also just nice to be winning so he kind of just keeps it up and he kind of thinks that if like the team wins his wife will come back and she won't 
and that that's the one thing too. Like if anybody plays anything straight, it's that Paul Newman doesn't. He's good as a, he's a he's a great actor. Period. He's good comedically, but he doesn't portray that part of it goofily enough to where that's the one thing I think that is inconsistent in the tone. Um, he's almost just like too good of an actor that there's like real pain there and it's like effective and some of the jokes just don't land because of it till like came interacting with his wife and being like a being able to being unable to accept that she has left and it's just like banging dudes all over town and she's moving and it's an ongoing thing but it almost it doesn't really come off as funny ever not ever um, not that it comes off as anything like negative either and that it's like bad ever. It just always seems like pretty real. <laughs> so that it, I don't know. The comedic element of that gets lost a couple times. Uh, but the, the thing with this team selling, he ultimately confesses and they ultimately don't care. Uh, he meets the owner and, you know, it's just a business. You know, she's like, I don't give a fuck about any people. Very real. Uh, they did a thing where they like made the owner anonymous, which nobody would not know who the owner is. That doesn't make any sense, especially in a small town. Silly thing, but it was just so they could delay a confrontation with the owner, which then, you know what I mean? It's purely plot driven, but it just made no sense. I don't know. They could have said that the owner was out of town or anything. The idea that nobody would know who it is and that it's implied that they've been on the team for years and nobody's ever wondered or asked or anything. I don't know. Pretty silly. Especially because the owner of the team would most likely be whoever owns the mill that just closed, too. Not that that was the case, I don't think. But either way, you know, just a silly thing that didn't need to be there. And the Hansons are fucking entertaining and funny. And there could have been more of these movies. There could have been more things like this. I'm surprised that this didn't get ripped off more. I guess it just wasn't very successful at the time. I don't know how. Seems like this is a, was a slam dunk. <laughs> to not use a hockey analogy. But I I don't understand how more sports movies haven't taken this route and just used real athletes. Now, hockey guys are, like I've said, a different breed of guy. So these guys are all fucking goofy weirdos. And it comes across, and that's what they are, and they're all, you know, a certain way. So it works for hockey, is what I'm saying. They just got to be themselves and just act like a team, and the R rating, you know, lends itself to that. Everybody gets to swear. It's all about fights and brutality and the way things were at the time. So all of it lines up very well. It's not as simple as, like, oh, you could just hire a bunch of g-leaguers to make a movie about basketball that could easily be a fucking disaster i understand that uh but fucking lightning in a bottle here for sure go watch it if you haven't seen it fucking man i just love paul newman (laughs) who knew other than everybody always but uh you really got one right on this one hollywood paul newman great guy Loved reading that he had a great time making the movie. I assume that everybody did then. Who knows? But I love knowing that it was fun. Because it seemed like it was fun. Seemed like everybody was having a good time. Would be really awesome if there was 
behind the scenes footage and they did like a documentary about the making of the movie that would be interesting i don't know sometimes i say things like that and i'm like god i'm warped by the modern climate of more 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 the more content i hate saying content but that's what it is that's what that would be like why isn't there more of everything that's good and it's like, well, some things are good because they are what they are, and we didn't ruin it. Because, I mean, Slapshot 2 is known to be a horrifically bad movie, and the third one's like a kid's movie, which is also a bad one, from what I gather. Uh, Yeah, so I don't know. It's a weird thing where it's like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if they made a show that was in this stuff? And it's like, yeah, I guess, but... So, no, I, I guess I don't wish that that was a thing. I, I just wish that there was more stuff like this. There's never good filmmakers making things that they want or things that are fun or, you know what I mean? Just taking a crack at a genre flick. How have we not learned that it works? Like Tarantino doing shit like that. You know, PTA dabbles in different things you know, making period pieces he you know does drum does drama it's a little different when it's like not a ton of fun happening because i'm kind of talking about the fun aspect of it um i don't know more people gotta <sighs> learn how to make sports movies it's just a tragedy it's a trope that's true. Most of them suck, but this one fucking hits. And I honestly, I, I'm glad that I've been on such a roll. Days of Thunder is fucking awesome. The Hustler was really good. Color Money was fucking awesome. Slapshot's awesome. You know, I you know what I still haven't seen? Fucking I know, and this is going to be crazy. Everybody says it's the best one. Still haven't seen Bull Durham. I don't think I'll think it's as good as the hype. Shocker. I know. It's just like the romance element doesn't interest me. I hate that it's centered around a relationship. But apparently they nailed the things of minor league baseball that I was just talking about. You know, so maybe I would really get it. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'll have to add it to the list because, you know, we got to throw some Costner in the mix. If we're doing sports stuff. I don't know, though. Like I said, <laughs> don't want to set anything in stone, but we'll see what happens. Just because then, you know, before you know it. Like I said, things just get out of hand and we're doing a whole other thing than we want to do here. I'm going to have to spread them out. Or maybe, you know, maybe it just doesn't become part of the show and I just uh, get a little kick out of it. Who knows? Like I said. <laughs> I'm all jumpy. Too much caffeine. See, I started off sloggy. Sloggy? I don't know if that's a word. Combined sluggish and groggy. Uh, and now I'm bouncing off the walls. Internally, at least. It's pretty wild. <laughs> Haven't had a yerb in a minute. So, really got me through this. But now I'm going to be up pacing around the room the episode's almost over what the fuck am i gonna do see this is what you guys don't deal with either you know you don't know the aftermath <laughs> i come in and i give it my all for you guys week in and week out 
I'm here, juicing. Ah, <laughs> uh, love slap shot. If that wasn't clear. Fun movie. Um, another thing that happened this week, just to close out, a couple little brief topics to touch on. I noticed a bunch of people sharing this Jordan Peele poster, like hype, and I get it. People just love Jordan Peele. Listen, Get Out, undeniable masterpiece. I've said it, and I've also said this, that Us is a fucking piece of shit, and I hated it, and I thought it was really pretentious, and everybody just kind of wanted to hop on his train and keep him going, and that's good because, you know, maybe he's got another great one in him. Who knows? I really did not like that movie at all, but Get Out was so good, so I understand it. Uh, and it was also just kind of like, you know, we're, we're repping the black guy and it's like, okay, good. Nothing wrong with that. But if you keep telling me these movies are great and they keep sucking, then I'm just going to be mad. So we'll see. But my point is that the poster looks horrible. Like with zero context and knowing nothing about the movie, there's no information on the plot. As far as I know, uh, there's no type of trailer or anything, but the poster is just like an ominous single cloud. And it's like, looks like it's going to storm. And it's called like Nope or some shit. I don't even remember. But anyway, just based on that poster. Doesn't matter who shares that poster. That poster looks awful. And it looks like the movie that would accompany that poster would be awful. Now that's just on site. Again, could easily be and would love to be wrong. But the fact that you could see that poster and be like, fuck yeah, I'm hype. And not be like, oh, what? (laughs) Now, who knows what it's going to be about? Could be completely unrelated to just an ominous cloud. Hopefully it is. Because that sounds like very (laughs) Shyamalan-y. That's fun to say, Shyamalan-y. And uh, would love to be wrong there, like I said. But Jesus, people, come on. Have some standards. Just because the guy, just because you think you like him, doesn't always mean it. I don't know. There's some things where I, you know, I would try to find a way to defend a position if it was like the PTA trailer for the new movie looked whack, which it definitely won't because he would never let that happen. So I don't know. Kind of just won my own argument there. (laughs) No biggie. (laughs) Uh, I'm always right. No, just kidding. But I really don't understand the hype. Second thing, second But most important, uh, my hero and spiritual leader, the second part's half a joke, Kanye West had an event for his listening party thing for the new record. Uh, Shout out to Apple Music. Shout out to everybody who doesn't have it and always like gives me shit. Because why do you love Spotify so much? What does it have to do with you? You know what I mean? How is that a personality trait? I don't know. Uh, but I definitely use liking Apple as a personality trait, so score one for irony. <laughs> but I have a knowledge of it, and there's a backstory and a reason, so let's clarify that. You know, it adds a little bit. <laughs> uh, it was incredible. The album was absolutely unbelievable. I thought he had a good one in him. He was due. Been through tough times, typically when he's at his best, but also... Uh, went way more forward thinking. Seems like he put more into it, certainly, 
and there's a ton of emotion in it, and it was just unbelievable. And then it was nowhere to be found after, and I feel like I was really part of an exclusive thing. Kept hearing people talk about it, like, oh, man, I can't wait to hear it. Everybody's like, oh, I heard Jay-Z's on it. Yeah, he is. The verse is insane. A lot of the features are insane. And the whole event was incredible. He just, like, walked around the stadium and did poses, and there was projections. And it was, you know, very much in his, like, high-fashion vein, like, he's been on. And he was wearing, like, his Gap stuff and a mask, and it was cool. And now he fucking lives at the stadium to work on the record. I don't know why he decided he couldn't leave the stadium to finish the album. He's just the master of the promotional thing, though. It always works. captivates everybody's attention. Every time the album's late... He does this every single time. We're always surprised and we're always angry and blah, blah, blah. And it just always works. And you take a step back and you just got to applaud. And you know what? It makes sense to delay this one too because then when it comes out, you know, who knows if he, what he's changing, if he is doing anything. But it's going to be fucking incredible. And I can't wait to listen to nothing but that for months probably. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. Just thought I'd throw those things out there. Little current events. Do we have a, do we have a name for like a newsy segment? I guess it's current events. And welcome to world news. So, 9-11. I don't know. <laughs> Anniversary's coming up. Not that... I'm going to have a party or anything. <laughs> uh, but just a fun anecdote. Wait. <laughs> I didn't even realize what I was doing there. I kind of just was on autopilot for a second. My phone lit up and I got distracted. And I was like, yeah, fun anecdote. Remember 9-11? <laughs> Christ. That's how you know things are getting bad. Good thing we're wrapping up here. <laughs> uh thanks for tuning in again everybody means a lot love doing it love having you rate review subscribe all of the above apple spotify stitcher whatever you like google you name it whatever weird one you use that isn't normal no judgment i guess <laughs> uh check out the link tree it's got a million things in it you know, this podcast, video, the video special of this episode. Uh, it's got the Wolf X solo music of mine. Dance stuff, for the most part. Instrumental, it's fun. Multiplex, it's my band with my pal Justice. Uh, there's also a link to his show, Microwave Minutes, which I've been on. A uh, lot of fun stuff. Merch, rfat.bigcartel.com. Email us, rfatpodcast.gmail.com. Lots of ways and lots of things. Follow me on Instagram at adam.rfat, R-F-A-T. Uh, yeah, all linked in the description below. Multiple links, multiple things, lots of fun. Happy to have you. And never forget, never, ever, ever, ever forget, I are fat, you are fat. And we are fat, ladies and gentlemen. Calculator.